Welcome back to another episode of the Arizona Rattlers Coaches Show presented by Victus Health, science you can trust, relief you can feel, the official training room sponsor of the Arizona Rattlers and alongside Rattlers team president and head coach Kevin Guy. My name is Stephen Cusimano and coach, uh, how we doing? Another pretty hot weekend here in Phoenix. How we holding up? 119, so it feels good outside. Yep, we're just getting started. Entering week nine of the IFL season, this will be game number five. And in our fourth game of the season, picked up win number three, 44-34. Big win over the team down south, the Tucson Sugar Skulls, your wife Kathy's team, in our home opener at the Snake Pit. Let's start with some good things. I mean, it was a really great atmosphere, great game, very competitive, uh, and again, resulted in a big win for us in home game number one. Yeah, we started fast. You know, we went down, scored the first drive, and they made us work for everything that we, we wanted to get there. Uh, then our defense came up with a big stop and got a safety, which got us the ball back too. So that was a nine-point swing. So we started 16-0. Uh, and then Tucson came down and got their first score. And, you know, it was back and forth the rest of the first half, going into halftime, you know, 30-20. to 20. So we started fast like we wanted to. Um, you know, we kind of stalled a little bit coming out of the break. Uh, in the third quarter, but uh, you know, once we got stopped uh, just that one time, then we got our offense going again. We we didn't play as many possessions in the second half as we did the first half, and I, I think that was a lot because the Tucson slowed the game down. Uh, you know, we got them in a track meet in that first half, and then the second half uh, they tried to slow the game down on us. And again, yeah, looking at the good things, it was sixteen to nothing after the first quarter, and then also held them to a shutout in the fourth quarter. So outscored them by 30 points in those two quarters alone. So definitely started strong, finished strong. What about bad things? Like you just kind of mentioned, middle of the game, entered the fourth quarter, down by four. What really transpired that made that happen? You know, in all four games this year, we, we have not started fast in the second half. So, you know, that's something that, um, you know, we got to get past. And we've been looking at it and seeing what we can do to make, uh, you know, some changes. But, uh, you know, we, we didn't turn the ball over. Um you know, so I guess that was a good thing. Uh, the bad thing was, you know, I felt like we, we let, you know, we did let Tucson back in the game. And, uh, you know, when you go in, you know, start 16-0, 30-20 at halftime, you know, we need to be able to pull away and get some distance. One good thing in the second half was the defense really stepped up. And even really from the first set of downs in the game, uh, we got the defensive player of the week, Ricky Wyatt Jr. Nine tackles total, eight solo, including two sacks one of which was a safety on the second score of the game that, again, really set the tone. So um, between him and then Dylan Winfrey picking up his second interception of the year to ice the game pretty much, uh, the defense really stepped up in a big way when it mattered the most. Yeah, I thought Ricky had a great game. Um, you know, he was – and I think part of Tucson's game plan was to go at him and try to batch him up in the, in the passing game. And really they only got one completion, uh, you know, trying to do that um, – and, you know, but he was all over the field, you know, and, and made some plays for us on kickoff coverage as well. He, you know, he was running downfield. I know he made two big hits on, on, kickoff, for, on kickoff coverage. Um, Dylan Winfrey, you know, he's, he's been close a few times this year and, and uh, you know, got his hands on the ball right there to seal the game at the end of the game. But, you know, he just, you know, he, he did his job. You know, he sat in the middle of the field. I believe we were playing uh, man-free in that situation. And, and just kind of read the quarterback's eyes and got over the top and made the play. And then offensively, Drew Powell, again, three touchdowns on the ground, back-to-back -back weeks, as well as a passing touchdown. Uh, and we talked about it last week because he was the IFL's Offensive Player of the Week for Week 7. 
and so he now leads the IFL in rushing touchdowns with 11, leads the IFL in rushing yards per game at just over 75. So he has just taken this team and this offense to another level. Well, you know, teams are playing us different this year. They're trying to, you know, play deep coverage on us and not give up the, 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 the deep ball. Um, you know, so he's he's got the ability to pull the ball down and run, and that's that's what's great about having him at quarterback. If you, you know, want to take away or, or try to you know drop coverage and play deep coverage and take away our passing game, uh, you know, he can pull the ball down and, and make some plays with his feet. And if you want to come up and play us tight in the box, you know, he's been able to make the throws. Now, that being said, you know he missed you know three you know passes that we felt like he should have hit the other night and. Um, you know, we've been working with him this week. You know, there was a few plays where he got some pressure and he threw off his back foot. And, you know, we may, we, we need to make sure that our, our fundamentals are, are tight. And uh, that's something that we'll continue to work on throughout the season. And that's kind of what's scary about it. If you're any other IFL team is that really, you know, we're, we're looking at one of the highest scoring teams in the IFL in the Rattlers and haven't even hit on all cylinders yet. The passing game hasn't really come in. I think we're Bottom three in the league in passing yardage per game and at the top of the league in, in rushing yards. But once everything is sort of hitting on all cylinders, there's no telling where this offense is going to go. Which brings us to this upcoming weekend's game. Uh, we're going to travel to Duke City, which is Albuquerque against the Duke City Gladiators. First matchup in the IFL against this team because they are new coming over from the Champions Indoor Football League. Uh, and this is a matchup between the two highest scoring offenses in the IFL, Duke City Highest scoring offense at 46.8 points per game. And then the highest total offense, which would be yardage, belongs to the Rattlers at just over 270 yards per game. And even despite having such a high-scoring offense, Duke City enters this week number seven in the coaches poll, two and two so far on the year. The Rattlers number three in the coaches poll, three and one on the season. So what kind of challenges do we face uh, entering this particular team for the first time facing them this year? Well, if, if you give Nate Davis time, you know, he could throw the ball. And, you know, they've got some very athletic receivers led by uh, Dello Davis. You know, I, I believe he's got 10 or 11 scoring touchdowns, you know, receiving touchdowns this season already. Uh, he had a game where he scored six in one game uh, against Frisco. So, you know, they obviously uh, have uh, developed some, some chemistry between the two. And, and uh, um, you know, their offense has been passive. They don't run the ball that much. Uh, but when they do, it's effective. And, uh, you know, you see, uh, you know, them, you know, mix it up a little bit more down in the red zone. But, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're going to be a tough matchup. And it's going to be a great test for our defense. And, uh, but I think it's something that that we're ready for. How much do we know about this Nate Davis? He was, like I mentioned before, the Week 5 Offensive Player of the Week. And when it comes to passing the ball this year, I mean, we've had a lot of quarterbacks in the IFL that have had great rushing seasons, including Drew Powell. But when it comes to pure passing, there really hasn't been anybody better. 22 touchdowns through the air and only five interceptions. Um, this guy has been doing it every week. I mean, have you ever matched up against him before? How much do we really know going into this game? Well, I haven't, but you know, when you only run the ball five times a game, you should be leading the league in in, in passing when, uh, you know, you're you're passing over ninety percent of the time. So, uh, so that's you know th th that can be um, a little deceiving, you know, looking at that. And you know, let's let's see, you know, how the matchups work out. But uh, you know, I look at I look across the board at their receivers, and they they do have some very athletic receivers, and it's going to be a great test for our secondary. But you know, they're um, you know they're they're new in the league this year. I, I think they've came in and surprised uh, some people with with you know coming up with some wins over. Uh, you know, I believe they beat Iowa and, and uh, 
northern Arizona. And, um, you know, so they're just, they're just like us. They're trying to get better week to week. And, uh, you know, defensively, uh, you know, they, they get up and they challenge you. They play a lot of man free. Um, you know, they'll mix in some zones. And, you know, I, I think the strength of their team is up front on both sides of the ball, their offensive line and defensive line. So uh, it, it's going to be a good test. And we mentioned one of the big strengths of this team, the Rattlers, so far this year has been a great secondary, uh, right down from the linebackers who are kind of tweeners, and then you've got all of these great corners. The defensive backs have been great this year. When you've got a receiver like Delo Davis, who, again, 20 receptions, more than half of which have been touchdowns, and he is the IFL's scoring leader. Uh, he has averaged more points per game than any player in the IFL, which uh, Drew Powell ranks second on that list. But you know, when you have such a, a receiving core like that going up against them, how important is it for these defensive backs of yours to really step up and, and round into shape here? Well, every game is important, but, you know, we, we just got to make sure that, you know, we play with good technique, good fundamentals, uh, know our assignments, and, and execute. You know, um, you know, the, probably the worst game of the year that we played in the secondary was against Sioux Falls, and, um, you know, I'm not one to make excuses, but we had some guys that were food poisoned that game and, and try to gut it out and, uh, just weren't themselves, but we, um, but since then we've settled down and, and, and played pretty well, you know, in the, in, in the secondary. So, you know, we got a, a, you know, a saying around here, pressure pick, cover sack. And, um, you know, that's kind of our philosophy, you know, we're going to try to get after them up front and, and we want to be able to pressure you up front, but also pressure you in the back as well. And I look at it sort of a, a game plan. You mentioned kind of the areas for improvement, slow starts to the second half in, in almost every game this year. What specifically, as far as maybe it's position groups or, or specific uh, situations in the game, do you think that you need to sort of improve at as we get into the second stint of the season? Well, I, I don't want to make too big of a deal out of it. Some of it's because we, we were blowing teams out in the first half, so we <laughs> put young guys in in the second half. Some of it, you know, one game against Sioux Falls, we you know felt like we, we were starting to – you know, have that game in hand, and we turned the ball over several times that kept Sioux Falls in the game. So, uh, you know, we got to take care of the ball, and, you know, if, if the young guys can't make plays, then we'll keep them on the bench, you know. So, when you get out there, you got to perform, and uh, you got to execute. So, uh, you know, I think a little of it, you know, this past week when we kept our starters in, they only stopped us one time coming out, starting the second half, but we scored uh, the other two times that we had the ball. And then that fourth series, we, we ran the clock out to win the game. So, like I said, Tucson kind of ran the – slowed the possessions down in the second half. And, uh, you know, if you want more possessions, then your defense has to make plays. You're, you need to make plays on special teams, big plays on special teams. So, if you want to play in a more high-possession game, then all three phases of your of your team need to show up and, and make plays. And then looking ahead just a little bit here, we come back home next week, Friday night. It's our only Friday night home game of the regular season against the Spokane Shock, who at this point in the season are ranked number two in the coaches' poll, and there's a good reason for that because um, come our next home game, that's going to be a pretty formidable opponent. Yeah, you know, we're you know Spokane is also an expansion team, but they got an experienced coach in Billy Back, and, he, you know, he kind of has the same group of players that kind of travel around with him wherever he coaches. And so, you know, it's not like he's breaking in a whole new team up there. He's got some – some guys he's he's got some history with and developed a relationship with and also understand his system. So, you know, uh, I don't like looking too far ahead after, you know, we got to take care of Duke City first. But, you know, that will be a short week for us after this game. Uh, we'll only be able to practice a couple of days, uh, you know, probably Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday's the day before the game. So we're just kind of having our meetings there. But 
you know, because of the traffic, we decided to push the game back to 7 o'clock. You know, we normally kick off at 6, 6.05 on Saturday nights, but since it's on a Friday night and, uh, you know, people are leaving work and you're going to have some traffic, we decided to push that game back to 7 o'clock. So looking forward to that. And uh, anytime we can play in the snake pit, you know, we're, we're excited about that. You know, I would probably say, in my opinion, one of the more underrated parts about this team this year is the one-two punch in running backs and being able to have a guy like Daryl Monroe one week and then Nick was saying the next week. Uh, it's been really impressive to see the way that they've sort of taken turns uh, by week so far this year, and that's kind of worn down opposing defenses. And, and they've stayed fresh throughout this point in the season. So having that, that one-two punch has been great. Yeah, I mean, both of them are exceptional athletes. Um, you know, we thought coming out of camp that Nick Lassane you know, came in and, and pushed Daryl and really outplayed him and won the, won the position, um, you know, coming out of training camp. And then, you know, um, Nick's, you know, had a few fumbles and, and uh, you know, and that's a, that's a no-no here. You know, we got to take care of the ball and, and uh, you know, and it wasn't, it, you know, it's really just attention to detail and, and making sure uh, that the ball is covered up, you know, uh, it certainly wasn't an effort issue. I mean, Nick's always gave us great effort. Uh, you know, but I think once we put Daryl out there, Daryl's got a better feel of the game right now, you know, seeing the holes, uh, you know, as well. But, um, you know, they're not that far apart. And it's week to week with which, you know, like you said, which one we're going to play with. Probably Daryl's got a little bit more experience. But as Nick gets experience, you know, we really feel like he's going to be a playmaker for us. And, uh, you know, so – uh, you know that 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 when you that's what we love about competition, right? So uh, guys come in and compete, and, and they compete to play every week. And you know one thing about the Rattlers organization, we don't name starters when we sign guys, and you have to come in and earn every step of the way. And you know when you um, tighten up your game and and you're executing, then you're on the field. And when you're not, uh, you're not. So, uh, but that's that's kind of been you know we have a culture of accountability here. And, you know, that's what we live by. Now, thinking about this here, we kind of joked about it at the top of this this podcast here. It's actually really hot out. It's like 120 degrees. And this is something that usually by this point in the year, the season is almost over. I mean, you usually have a season that starts in March, ends by around June or July at the very latest. But this year, with the IFL having to be pushed back a couple months, clearly, uh, you know, you're having to work with some hotter weather than, than in years past. So just thinking about this, again, we were kind of joking about it, but it is actually a serious thing. I mean, how do you handle that at this point in the year? Do you have to change the practice schedule, or how do you keep these guys staying fresh throughout? You know, we're really just getting into it now. We're not even halfway through the season. Well, that's not going to change, and we got to embrace it. And, uh, you know, I've always felt when we were in the Arena League, it always made us the more mentally tougher team, uh, you know, practicing out in the heat. And, you know, one thing I tell the players when they come to the Rattlers is, you know, uh, two things is, is one, uh, we're going to give back to our community. And, and two, the, you know, the, the, the desert is part of being the Rattler. You know, the heat comes with it. So, uh, you know, we do practice out in the heat. Um, you know, our guys have to ha- hydrate. And, uh, you know, our medical staff does a great job of taking care of the players. And, but, uh, you know, we do practice in the morning. So it's not like we're practicing in the heat of the day. A uh, little, the temperatures are a little lower in the morning time. But, um, you know, but that's part of who we are. You know, that's in our DNA out here, and this is how you know we attack it. And I, I you know, I think it really helps us in in crucial situations in the game when you got to be mentally tough at the end of the first half, end of the second half. Um, you know, and and, and you know, um, so I you know I, I think it's good for our team, and we just you know we again we, we embrace it, and that, that's a mindset when we take the field. Um, you know, 
again, the heat comes with it, and that's just part of who we are. Exactly, and that's one thing that, like you said, definitely separates the Rattlers from other teams. And and taking it to a league-wide level here, once again, let's take a look at the standings. Frisco, uh, still number one. They remain undefeated, 4-0. Um, but now the Rattlers, with that win this past weekend, are 3-1, and actually tied with Spokane for second in the standings entering this week. Sioux Falls and Iowa, 4-5, and both with records of 3-2. and And then you kind of have this gaggle of teams in the middle that started their seasons early. Bismarck, 4-3, and Massachusetts and Green Bay each 3-3. Three and three. Duke City, 2-2. Two and two. They rank ninth out of what is now 11 teams. Tucson, number 10. Northern Arizona, 11. They are 0-4, uh, the only team without a win this year. But when you look at the IFL right now, uh, and again, we're going to have eight playoff teams out of these 11. So the word we continue to use is parity. And it seems like every week when we think we know what's going on, another team beats one that, that wasn't really supposed to lose. So uh, when you look at this this full series of teams here, four weeks in, at least for us, who has sort of surprised you in, in certain ways that, that maybe you think they could make a run for the playoffs and you might have to prepare for? Because just thinking about it, the Rattlers right now, would be a number two seed, and, and you'd have to match up against one of these teams that might just barely slip in. You know, I, I really feel like, you know, it's too early in the season to be start watching the standings. You know, you had some teams that started a month early. You know, you had teams start at different times. So you really got to pay attention to the loss column. You know, I don't really look at the win column because teams have played more games than others. So I'm, I'm paying attention more to the loss column. And you got a lot of teams with – you know, one loss, two loss, three losses. Uh, so it's anybody's ball game. And I think as we get into midseason, you know, teams are going to start separating from other teams. And, you know, again, I, you know, I've said whoever handles the pandemic better than the other teams are going to be, are going to have the best chance, you know, of making the playoffs. You know, when I re- look around the league, um, there, there is a lot of parity at the beginning of the season. Um, but I think a lot of it had to do with, some teams may be better than some of the teams that started earlier, but, you know, wasn't playing at, you know, like it was game four, it was game one for them. So, you know, some of them slipped up and lost a game or so. But I think as the season goes, you, you know, I, I also pay attention to coaches, you know. Coaches have track records. You know, they have history. You know, I, I pay attention to who the quarterbacks are. You know, so I look at all that stuff and see, you know, how, okay, here's the people I feel – in the end, are going to be in the mix. And, um, you know, so right now everybody's just kind of fighting through, hey, we hadn't played in two years, the pandemic, um, you know, a lot of player injuries because they took two years off. So everybody's kind of fighting through that. But I think as the season goes, you're going to see that the people that are used to winning are still going to be the guys winning, the guys that – need to do better you might have one coach that has a good year that normally don't or you may have one coach that may slip a little bit that usually good but you know I I, I really think that there's you know the consistency is going to be there uh, so I would be instead of banking on standings I'd be banking on people I mean, how long does it really take to, to kind of catch a groove and find your rhythm in the season? Because that's been another one of the more underrated things that, you know, some of these teams, like I mentioned, Bismarck, Massachusetts, Green Bay, had to start a little bit early. But when you look at the teams that started in week five, like the Rattlers did, you know, how long does it take to where you're kind of on an even playing field as far as really sort of settling in and being in quote-unquote midseason form? Well, here at the Rattlers, I mean, we, we've been in the zone for about 10 years now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um you know, I you know, for us it's just fixing the little things and and uh, you know, 
addressing them week to week and keep building our team towards the playoffs. And we'll, we'll stay in that zone, you know, as long as we don't have any key injuries. But, uh, you know, you got to have a little luck on your side. Make sure none of your, your uh, players that you hang your hats on have injuries. But, um, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, there, there's going to be four or five teams I think you're going to see start pulling away. I, you know, I, I think it's about reps. And, you know, as these guys get reps – and get back in the flow of things. You know, I've kind of said a few times, it's going to be, you know, weeks, you know, game seven, game eight, where you're going to see some sub teams start to separate. Well, I think that'll wrap us up on another episode of the Arizona Rattlers Coaches Show presented by Victus Health. Science you can trust, relief you can feel. The official training room sponsor of the Arizona Rattlers. And please do not forget, Follow us on social media at Arizona Rattlers, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. You can find all the podcasts there. You can find all kinds of excellent video and written content throughout the entire season. And uh, don't forget to watch this weekend's game. It's Saturday, 5 o'clock Arizona time. And then get your tickets for next Friday against the Spokane Shock Friday night, June 25th, 7 o'clock. You can get those at azrattlers.com as well as all other kinds of great content. Thank you all so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week.